well, you know that we've been in this series, we call it Better, The Promise of the Holy Spirit. And all we've been talking about the, for the past couple weeks, that He is, the Holy Spirit is the promise of better. He is. Jesus said, if I go away and I send the Spirit, it's better for you that I go away. Because He'll be with you and He'll live in you and He'll guide you and comfort you and counsel you. He is the promise of of better, and it's an amazing thing. I love this in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Paul says, he's praying, and he says, the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And that's what we've been going after the past two weeks, and we'll continue on. We want to go after having an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing that I love. One of the most amazing things about God and and, and the Spirit of God is that God is in himself relational. He is a relational being. We are, we would say, Trinitarians. We believe that God is three in one. He is God the Father, he is God the Son, and he is God the Holy Spirit. We just recited the Nicene Creed that talks about those ideas. Three persons in one God. It's very mysterious. Nobody quite has a handle on it, but we believe that's who he is. And so in God's very nature is relationship. Father, Son, and Spirit working together um, in an intimate way. God himself is a relational being. So you better believe that relationships are important to him. You being in a relationship is important to God, and he's invited you into that relationship with him. I mean, everybody, come on. This is amazing stuff. This is the greatest thing that we're invited into. You can see it even as you look through the Old Testament and you walk into the New Testament. You see that people would connect with God by going to a temple. There was a sacrificial system. There was a priest. And the people weren't allowed into the most holy place where God's presence was. And then you fast forward to Jesus. And Jesus comes and he dies on a cross for our sins. And, he, he, and when he dies, the veil that separated that most holy place where God was and the place where we could be, it was split in two. And so God comes out and we're allowed access in. And now there's no temple that we go to. You became the temple of God. And he wants to reside in you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And so today, we're just going to kind of step aside for a minute on this Holy Spirit series. And we're going to talk about the importance of these relationships that I believe that God wants us to have. We'll be back in the Holy Spirit series full on next week. But for today, I want you to realize with me, the relationships are important to him. Relationships are important to God, and our relationships are some of the most important decisions that we will ever make in our lives. Here's what I've learned over the years. You are the sum total of all your relationships. So all the relationships that you have, some good, some bad, you are the sum total of all of those relationships working together. Some of you have had bad ones, some mistakes were made, some things went wrong, and because that happens in the lives of a lot of people, people tend to conclude, well, there's only one real relationship that I think is important, and that's me. (laughs) My relationship with me is the thing that I have to guard and protect. So my marriage, it kind of becomes disposable. If I don't like what she's doing, then I got to get her out of here because I am the most important relationship in my life. My kids are disposable. My boss, you better not cross me or I'm out of here. I'll walk right out the door and Facebook will hear about it. (laughs) You've got, you know, you've got... You've got the people in the church and like, well, they they better treat me good. They better welcome me in or else I will wash my hands of that place. Don't treat me like that. I'm going to take care of me. And we shut ourselves off from these really important relationships. You already know that more than ever before in our generation, people are surrounded. we got people everywhere, and people are online, and you've got all these Facebook friends, all these digital friends, but the reality is most of us are still living our lives really lonely. 
There is an epidemic of loneliness in our country, and social media has only added fuel to the fire of this thing. So people will say, I got friends, but they don't really. They're not really connected to people. Listen to Ecclesiastes 4.8. It says, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Look at that. There's a guy. He's all alone, and life is hard. Life is hard. He had nobody in his corner, nobody on his side. So here's the thing that I need you to know today, and believe with me. You, as a follower of Jesus, need to understand that Christianity was never meant to be practiced as an isolated, individualized spirituality. That was not the plan. Your relationship with God is important, but this community of believers is incredibly important to God's plan for all of our lives. So my goal today is just to try to convince you that it's good for you to convince you of it and to help you to choose community today and to walk over into that cafe and just officially get started into something brand new for your life. But I know some of you, as I start into it, you're already pushing back a little bit and you've got excuses. You're saying, Brent, I didn't know. I didn't know that it was that big a deal. And can I be honest with you? Maybe other people need it, but I'm strong. I can do it myself. Men especially, we're notorious. I don't need nobody. I can do it myself, right? And it's, it's ridiculous because you can't. There's a great story of Muhammad Ali, the great fighter, Muhammad Ali. He got on an airplane, and they were about to take off, and so the announcement went over the speakers. Hey, everybody, buckle your seatbelts. And so the stewardess, the flight attendant, walked, I think we say flight attendant now. Flight attendant walked by, and he said, she said, um, uh, excuse me, Mr. Ali, you're going you're gonna to need to buckle that. And Ali, with all of his gusto, said, uh, <laughs> Superman don't need no seatbelt. That's my best Ali. That's all I got. I'm sorry. I'll, I'm sorry. I'm pathetic, so I'll, I'll work on it. But, and she was like, oh, really? Well, Superman doesn't need a plane either. Buckle up. <laughs> so, so, and this is the thing. That, that's, that's how we feel. I'm Superman. I can do it. But the reality is you can't. And when you try, you tend to, it's time to let some people in. Some of you will say, well, it's not my personality. I like to, I like to read a book on the, in the corner. I don't like to talk to people. I'm not good at it. And I understand that, but let me just give you some pastoral advice. Just get over it. (laughs) Honestly, just just get over it. That's the nicest I can say. Just get over it. Don't worry about it. You need people in your life. And you don't have to be anybody else. You can still be you. Bring your book, sit in the corner, let some of the extroverts come sit by you and annoy you until, (laughs) until you actually build a relationship and get moving. Some of you will say, but I'm, I'm afraid. I, what's going to happen if I go there? Because you think that's the scene, that those, those videos that we watch, you think that's what's going to happen. Listen, that's not what's going to happen. In fact, what is going to happen is you're going to walk in and you're going to find what C.S. Lewis said. He said, friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. And you're going to find people in those groups and catalysts on a team that you serve on that are going to say, oh, I've dealt with that too. You're not the only one. And friendship will be born. Look, I promise you, One Chapel is not a perfect place. I think you already know this by now. None of us are perfect. I have issues. You could ask my wife, and she'll say, no, he doesn't. She will lie to you. (laughs) She will protect me, but I have issues. I have issues. You have issues. If you think you don't have issues, that is your issue. So, so just get over it. It's okay. We can step into this space with our issues, and we can get better. We can do it. Some of you will say, but I've been burned before, Brent, and I don't want that to happen. Something bad happened to me, and I don't want that to happen again, so no, I'm out on relationships. And can I just tell you something about this really quick? Like, the enemy wants you to do that. 
The enemy wants to get you in a space where he'll be convinced relationships aren't for me because I got hurt. And if he can do that, he'll get you isolated and alone, and then he can just pick you off. That's what he's trying to do. So that fight you had, that thing that went wrong, it wasn't even so much about the two of you in the fight. It was his plan to get you isolated. Don't let him win. You can't do it. Step back into relationship and let God move in your life. Some of you will say, I'm too busy, man. I, I got a lot to do. And I get it. I, if I had one, and I do, this is it. I'm not looking for anything else to do. I mean, I, I, got, a, I got a wife. I got three young kids. I'm a pastor at a growing church. And so if you're like me, you are scheduled, and you're not that great at time management all the time. And so you're trying to work things out, but you are scheduled, and there's no room for margin. My calendar is full. I can't make any space for anything else. And what happens is you start to push relationships out to the side because you think they're peripheral. And relationships are not peripheral. Relationships have to come to the center and be really important for us. You can't just ditch them. So start calendaring, everybody. Put, pull out your phone, start writing stuff down, and make some room because they're extremely important. Well, Brent, that's really nice. That's a lovely opinion that you have. All right, well, let me show it to you in Scripture. 1 Peter 4, 7. He says, the end of all things is near. Welcome to church, everyone. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, we should pay attention when he says above all. Above all, love each other deeply. This room, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Take care of people. Help them. Don't hold stuff against them. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Give hospitality. Take care of other people. And do it without grumbling. Well, I don't know why I have to do that. I don't know why I have to come to my house. I don't know why, I don't know why they can't clean up after themselves when they come over to my house for a group. I don't know why. <laughs> that, that's not what you should do. Don't grumble about it. Just take care of people. Each of you should, you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. Serve them with whatever God has given you as faithful stewards of God, God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, not on your own, so that in all things, God gets the praise. This is what we're doing here, everybody. Through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory and power forever and ever, amen. So we need to pay attention to those ideas. Love each other deeply. Offer hospitality. Don't grumble. Serve one another so that God gets the praise. That's what this Sunday is really all about. So today, I just want to ask you to make some choices with me. With the Holy Spirit, the one who is better, working and moving in you, I want you today, would you please, One Chapel Kyle, would you choose community with me today? Would you choose to say yes? With the Holy Spirit's help, I want you to say a few things. Some of you will need to just choose one of these. Some of you may need to do four of these. But with the Holy Spirit's help, would you choose today to grow in your important relationships? Just decide. This year, I'm going to do it. This is my year. I'm going to grow my important relationships because you have critical relationships in your life. So do I. God made me a, he made me a, a husband. He made me a father. He made me a pastor. I have these critical things that are so important for me, and i got to pay close attention to these. Have you ever noticed if you just leave things in your life and you don't touch them and you don't do anything with them, they tend to degrade? Have you noticed this? Like if you go on vacation and you come back to your yard, how does your yard look? It looks terrible. It looks, <laughs> I see you, Zach. It looks it's like, oh, yeah, man. Uh, it looks, it's bad. Weeds grow up. This is the condition of my house right now. My house, I, I've, got, I've got these gross weeds that have sprouted up and these clovers and it kind of looks green if you stand far back, but it's all weeds. It's terrible if you experienced this. It's ugly. I need help. Somebody please help me. I'm dying. But that's another story. 
Or if you've got a plant in your house, some of you plant lovers, we're not good, we like the fake ones, but you buy a, you buy a plant and you put it in your house and if you don't water it and you don't put it by some sunlight, as I understand it, you don't, you don't speak lovingly to it in the morning, good morning, little planty, and all that stuff. You don't do that stuff, what does it do? It dies. It doesn't live anymore. Your relationships are exactly the same way. If you just leave them, if you don't invest in them, they begin to deteriorate. So choose community and decide, I'm going to invest in all of my important relationships. Colossians 2.19 says, The whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews. This is us. It grows as God causes it to grow. He's saying, think of your relationships like a body. Your body takes focus, attention. Your body takes discipline. We like to call it exercise. Some people call it exercise. I call it sitting on the couch, but whatever. We call it nutrition. You want to get enough sleep. You want to take care of your body. You want to be healthy. You care for it. You nurture it before it starts to break down, or at least we should. It's the same thing with your car. You don't wait until your motor drops out on the ground before you put some oil in it. You do the oil first so that doesn't happen. It's the same thing with a fire. You, you got a fireplace and there's a fire. You don't wait for the fire to go out to throw a log on and say, oh, I, don't, I wonder why that didn't light. The fire's already gone. You do it before it happens. And so I just want to encourage you, would you do this? In all of your important relationships, just decide I'm going to invest. Just work on your marriage right now. Just do it. Just decide. We're going to have a date night regularly, and we're going to go and hang out, and it's going to be awesome. Just decide. I'm going to schedule it. I'm going to invest in my most important relationships. Don't come over to the church office, please, and say, hey, listen, we really need some help, and um, it's just about over. I'm happy to do that. I understand things get hard. I understand that relationships go south. I understand that you can't control everything that goes on in your marriage. But you know what I want you to do? I want you to show up at a group, or I want you to show up or just drive by the house and say, hey, you know what? We need some counseling. Oh, really? What's going on? What do you need? Oh, nothing. We're doing so good, but we just want to keep doing better. We just want to throw another log on the fire, baby, and just keep moving forward. Do that. Let that happen. What we say is, no, I'm doing great. I'm doing good. We don't really need to work on it right now. That's exactly when you should be working on it. Just pour more, put more logs on. Put more oil in. Light that fire. Let her burn, baby. Let her burn. Same thing with your kids. Do it. Just put your phone down on the weekend and go out and play catch. Just, just do something and invest. <laughs> more appropriately, tell them, put that phone down, and then, and then take them out and make them play catch. And it'll take you about three weeks for them to stop being mad at you, but then they'll enjoy it. So <laughs> that's really good. Invest, let those relationships grow. The second thing, if you're going to choose community with the Holy Spirit's help, I choose. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to heal my broken relationships. As soon as I say that, for some of you, it gets really difficult. You're like, oh, that's, that's me. Because you have it. You, something with your spouse. Something with a kid who, who's really upset. It's not going well. Something bad that happened at work. Or a long-lost friend where you had a misunderstanding and you haven't spoken to them for a long time. But... Know this today, that the pain of that unresolved conflict, it's greater than the pain of actually taking the steps to do something about it. The pain that you're feeling over that conflict, it's greater, it's much worse than taking the step forward and just apologizing and moving forward with them. So I just want to encourage you today, for your part, you can't control what they're going to do, but for your part, just decide, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to say I'm sorry, I'm going to man up, I'm going to woman up, I'm going to do what I need to do, and I'm going to take care of my part, and I'm not going to carry this pain into 2019 with me. I am taking no record of wrongs forward this year. 
Romans 12, 17 says, Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So just decide. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be the kind of person that lets it go. I'm just going to let it go. And God's going to help me. I heard a great story about a couple. They were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. And so they had everybody together for a big party. And one of the young ladies, she kind of snuck over to the grandma and she said, uh, wow, 50 years, this is absolutely incredible. Grandma, tell me, what's your secret? What did you do? And the grandma said, oh, well, when we first got married, I decided I was going to make a list of the 10 worst things that he does. Like the 10 things that I can't stand, the 10 most annoying things, I'm going to make a list of it, I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to forgive him for every one of those things. And she was like, wow, that's an amazing list. Tell me, what was the list? What did you put on it? And she said, oh, I don't know. I never actually wrote it down. Every time he did something stupid, I just said, oh, that's one. Oh, that's one. Oh, that's one. And I guarantee you, there were hundreds through the years. And she just decided, I'm not going to hold anything against him. Hey, why not just live that way? Why don't we just live that way with our friends? Why don't we just live that way in groups? Why don't we live that way in Catalyst? Why don't we live that way on teams? Why don't we just decide that's the kind of people we're going to be with the Holy Spirit guiding us? Instead, what we do is we go to Facebook. We go to Facebook and we, we like to write those, those really generic posts. It's specific enough so that the person that you're talking to knows that you're talking about them, but it's generic enough so that nobody else really understands who it is. And they're like, oh, that person sounds like a real jerk. And you're laughing because you know those posts. What if instead of those posts, we just decide our posts were something like, oh, that's one. (laughs) Oh, that's one. I don't care. I release you. I forgive you. I'm not going to hold that against you. That's one. We can do this. We can live this kind of life. But not just that. If you're going to choose community today with the Holy Spirit helping you, I want to challenge you today with God's help to cut out any harmful relationships. Some of us, it's just a reality. We just have some. Some of you, you're in a harmful relationship. It's not good for you, and you kind of know it. You've got that coworker that's kind of telling you, man, it's not a big deal. We just just take a little under the table. Nobody really knows. I've been doing it for years. It's not a big deal. You've got that one friend that never stops gossiping about all the other moms and how they raise their kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You've got, yeah, no one wants to laugh about that, but, you know, this is the thing. There's that flirtatious relationship at work, and you're like, oh, this, this is not a good situation. I shouldn't. Some of you are in a position where you, you've made the choice. You're living with your boyfriend or girlfriend outside of the covenant of marriage. It seems like a good idea. I guarantee you for the long haul, it just won't be. So you just need to decide, I'm just going to step out of these things that aren't, these relationships that aren't in the right space and not good for me. So you might even just try it this week. Just take out your phone and just really kindly, as nice as you can, just say, hey, I just want to let you know it's over. It's over. You're like, oh, no way. I could just, just use me. Just say, my pastor said to tell you it's over. <laughs> don't use my name and don't mention my address. But just, <laughs> just <laughs> I'm brave. <laughs> no. Just do something and get out of it. Guys, that guy at work that's always telling degrading stories about women, just, just say, hey, man, I just have decided in my life, I'm not, I don't want to talk about women that way. I want to honor and respect women so much more than that. They're so important in my life, and so I just can't do this. But hey, God bless you. All right, you don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to yell at them. You don't have to do any of that. You just say, hey, man, I've just decided I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go get a cup of coffee. I'll see you guys later. You can still leave that relationship open, but just step away from it. Sever that thing. 
Listen to Proverbs 27, 19. It says, a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he's really like is shown by the kinds of friends he or she chooses. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. It's a great quote that we said all through the years with students in student ministry. And it says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I can look at the people that you spend most of the time with and I can predict where your life is headed. So you need to take stock today and go, where is my life headed? What is the trajectory of my life? Because these people who are closest to me, they're going to be the ones that that determine it. So just decide, I'm going to cut those out. I'm going to cut them out. And not only that, but the final thing today that I just, if you're going to choose community with me today, just choose community over the course of this year. With the Holy Spirit guiding you, I want you to choose to start some real relationships, authentic ones, where you can really be known by people and people can really be known by you, where they're giving into your life and where actually, yeah, you've got stuff that they need and you're giving back into their life and the Spirit flows in those relationships and great fruit starts to grow out of it. You can do this. In other words, you don't have them right now, but you know you need them and you're deciding, I'm just gonna do it. Like Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let's not do that, but let us get together. Let's encourage one another. And all the more, as you see the day, capital D, the day approaching. He's saying, judgment day is coming, everybody. That final day is out there somewhere. And so you know what you need to do before that day gets here? Gather some incredible friends around you. Build some godly relationships, and you will be ready for that day. So what are some of the most meaningful relationships in your life that may not exist today? I want to suggest some to you that may need, that may need you to look at again. So think about this. Today, maybe you'd say, I'm going to choose today to, bu- to build a relationship with the church. I'm going to build a relationship with the church. I'm not saying you just need to go to church. I'm saying you need to build a relationship with the church. If you're just church hopping today, if you're jumping around from church to church and church and, and you don't, nobody really knows you and you stay here for a little bit and you get tired of it and you jump over here and I get it. I know that's a hard process. I know it's difficult to actually feel like you're part of the family. But let me just encourage you, man, stop it. Just stop. Just find a place that loves Jesus, studies the scripture. It's not going to be perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect church. And I like to say, if you or I show up into a perfect church, it's not perfect anymore. Suddenly, it's not right, and it used to be, because we're not perfect. We all got issues. So just decide, I'm just going to jump in. Look, it doesn't have to be this church. I think you should. I think this is a great church. We're growing. God's doing some amazing stuff around here, but if it's not this one, it's fine. Just pick one. There are several churches out here in this region that I would totally go to. I would happily be a part of if I wasn't doing this, but if you're going to come here, just jump in. Try everything that we do for a year. Like, just try it. Do it all. Everything that we offer. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Don't just show up every four to six weeks and sit in a service. Be in the community. Honestly, it'll be the best thing for your life. And I guarantee you, if you do it, if you try everything that we do for one year, your life will be better at the end of that year. Not perfect, not by any means. We are far from perfect. You already know this. But your life will be better. So get in a group. Or jump into Catalyst. Just start your journey in Catalyst 1 and just do it. 11 weeks, just go for it and get surrounded by that group of people. Let Jesus fill you and help you learn to become and make a disciple. It's an amazing journey. Just do it. Jump on a team and serve other people around here. Just, I'm going to do it. Jump in and, and serve uh, and make, set up lights and set up and tear down and do all that stuff. Like, just be a part. Go to Financial Peace University. Go to the special events. Show up for all night prayer meetings. Yeah. <laughs> 
120 people stayed all night to pray. We, we, we were like, oh yeah, let's buy 60 shirts. We had great faith. Um, <laughs> get your kids involved in tag. Oh, I, you know, but that, that first Wednesday, I don't like to drive up there it's so far. I know it's a pain to go up there, but listen, you can't afford not to get them involved in what's happening in student ministries at the church. You can't afford to keep them out. This group of people will help you raise your kids. Get your kids into Kids for the One. Just do it. They'll take good care of them. I'll make sure of it. I guarantee your life will be better at the end of it. So just try it. Okay, not just that relationship, but a relationship with a small group. That's really what we're doing today. And I don't mean just a group that you pick out of a menu. I mean a small group of people that really know you and you really know them. Just find a space where you are actually known. Oh, Brent, but what's going to happen if I do that? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Encouragement's going to happen to you. Accountability is going to happen for you. Safety is going to happen for you. Healing is going to happen for you. Joy is going to happen for you. If you really decide, I'm going to actually get to know this group of people, I'm going to commit. It can happen for you. Who doesn't want all of that? It won't be perfect. Will it be awkward? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there will be times when it's awkward. It's just that it's worth it. It's all worth it. Not just that, but a relationship with a team. You need a relationship with a team. Honestly, why? Well, teams are a lot of fun. Have you ever been a part of a winning team, like a winning football team or winning basketball team? Have you ever been a part of that? Okay, I never have because I'm a horrible athlete, but I would like to know about that someday. (laughs) But teams, when you join a team, you get to accomplish more stuff than you ever could when you're doing it by yourself. And that's what these teams are about. And around here, we don't have church if we don't have a team. So we need people to set those lights up We need people to set up and tear down this stuff every single Sunday. It's thankless. It's nobody sees you do it. You show up at 7. You sling some cases. You set up. And you know what happens because you did that? People walk into this space and they encounter the life of God and it changes and transforms them. That's what happens. And you're part of it because you joined a team. Jump in and serve in kids. Disciple some teenagers in tag. Join the prayer team. Be an usher. Be a greeter. Be the first line of kindness and warmth when people walk into this room. Like, <laughs> this one right here. Just, just, just decide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my gifts to serve other people. But wait, Brent, you said I was supposed to join a group or catalyst. Yeah. And also, those aren't happening on Sunday morning, and you're here anyway. So just jump in, do some chores with the family, and serve, and you will find more purpose and fulfillment than you've sensed in a while, and it'll be awesome. So there's a card, actually, in your cup holder. You can take it out, fill it out, drop it off in the box on your way, and let Thomas and Annette know that you want to join, and we'll get you started right away. Start a relationship with a team. And finally, the final one, the last one. You guys, come on up. We'll close. (laughs) I told you we'd get out early. Not just a relationship with a church where you realize, oh, I am the church. Not just a relationship with uh, a smaller group of people. Not just a relationship on a team where it's a whole nother circle of people that I'm connected to and growing on Sunday morning with. But I want to make sure that before you leave today that you've done some work to ensure as I'm choosing community this year, I'm choosing to bolster my relationship with God. And especially with the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what we've been talking about for the past several weeks, and we're going to keep going over the next several, starting next week. But that you would just decide today I need 
a vibrant relationship with God. I am not talking about religion. I don't mean that you need uh, a relationship with a religion. Religion is about ritual. It's rote. It's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there are people leaving, and some of you are like, wow, are they mad at him? No, they're small group leaders. They're going to get ready for um, the group's session. So just smile at him nicely. I'm like, hi, 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 hey, hi. I don't want you to begin a relationship or deepen your relationship with religion. (laughs) I want you to deepen your relationship with God himself and especially the person of the Holy Spirit, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. I want that for you because relationship is so different than religion. Relationship is real. Relationship is authentic. Relationship is fun. Relationship is life. It's amazing that God Almighty wants that with you. He wants this relationship with you that you're invited into where he speaks to you and you hear him. And you talk to him and you are convinced he hears me and he's on the move. That's what he wants for you. So all across this room, if you would, just as we close, maybe bow your head. Maybe close your eyes just so you can think about where you are today. How is your relationship with God? And if you're going to choose community this year, starting this semester, is there something that you need to do? Is there a reconnection that you need to make? Do you need to find life again? Do you need to get back into relationship again? Here's the good news. Jesus already did everything for you to do that. Our sin separated us from relationship with God and Jesus came and died on the cross and rose again and paid forever the penalty so you and I don't have to pay it. If the wages of sin is death, and it is, Jesus came and paid the price and all that you have to do, it's just, honestly, it's just a faith-filled prayer away for you. In a decision, Jesus, you gave me your whole life. I'm going to give my whole life to you. So if that's you with your eyes closed and you need to be restored to relationship with God and you want to deepen your friendship with the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to call you forward. I won't make you raise your hand. I won't send you anywhere. But he desperately wants to connect with you. And I desperately want you guys to connect. So if you need to do that today, just whisper to him right now, right there in your seat. Just say, God, that's me. Maybe you need to come back because you've been distant. Just say, God, that's me. Maybe it's the first time you've made this decision. Just whisper to him, God, that's me. And then pray this faith-filled prayer. I'm just going to help you with some of the words. Say something like this, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm making the choice today to believe that you did what you said you did, that you died on the cross, that you paid the penalty for my sin, and I want that applied to my life today. So would you forgive me for all of my sin? And would you come into my life, and the best way I know how, I'm gonna give you my life right now. Here it is. 
Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer today, you've begun a new journey and I want to help you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every one of these people. God, that you would that you would give them the grace, the strength, the ability, the courage to take next steps forward into the relationship that you desire for them. Thank you for inviting us in. Now, across this space, would you deepen our friendship? Would you deepen our intimate friendship with you and with your spirit? Help us to get to know you better. Help us to flow with you and move with you and work with you and hear from you and go out into this world to be your hands and feet to people who are lost and hurting. Do that, God, in one chapel, Kyle, I pray. Do that in us today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.